the mighty Kylo Ren. When I found you, I saw what all masters live to see. Raw, untamed power. And beyond that, something truly special. The potential of faking Star Wars Radio. That's right, everyone. Welcome to Faking Star Wars Radio, the official podcast of FakingStarWars.net. Thanks for tuning in. We have a great show for you. This is our final episode of our eight-part Twi'lek Zone extravaganza, where we travel back in time to watch the Star Wars Saga films for the very first time. We also have some fantastic fake ads, the return of the Real News Rundown from Darth Eckham at Channel Star Wars, and some other great surprises. We'd also like to mention our sister podcast, The Mando Roundup, is still going strong. Go ahead and like and subscribe to that podcast as well, and we'll get you we'll get you some Christmas gifts if you do. Don't forget to join our Patreon as well at patreon.com slash fakingstarwars. You can join at any level you want, and we'll give you some great merch and swag. T-shirt sales are going strong. Stock up for the holidays with some great T-shirts at bit.ly slash fswmerch. That's bit.ly slash fswmerch. All right, without further ado, I'd like to welcome to the studio my illustrious co-hosts. Today we have IG69. IG, is winter starting to nip at your robotic toes yet? Uh, Yes, Uh, unfortunately, um, brass monkey syndrome. Oh boy, it sounds like you may need to buy some faking Star Wars uh, socks from our website to help keep you warm during these cold winter months. Yeah, it's not my socks that need, uh, it's not my feet that need the, the warmth there. Oh dear, oh dear, ugh. And, uh, Teeb, you're also with us. How are you doing, Teeb? My fists are doubled up in anxiety. Wow. I don't know if I'm ready for this. Yeah, I mean, who knows what's going to happen. I mean, the last time we got shoved back in time with Herbert uh, to watch The Force Awakens, the beginning of a sequel trilogy of Star Wars, who knows what's going to happen today, huh? Yeah, I'm, I, I don't know if I can handle this. I mean, we already lost one legend of Star Wars in the last movie, so... I don't know what's going to happen. Well, I can assure you that we will be there for you to taunt you and make fun of you if you do break down in an anxiety-ridden panic attack. Yeah, ridicule. Yeah. Yeah. Throw bees at me and vomit on me and everything else. I don't know what's going on with you two. And don't forget... No, no, not the bees. And don't forget (laughs) online social media ostracism as well. Yeah, I'm I'm working on that. I'm I'm working on ostracizing everybody that I can in in social media. So far, uh, uh, not so much luck. I'm too charming is what it is. If you play your cards right, Teeb, you might be left with only people who are your actual friends in real life who care about spending time with you. Oh, God, he'll be alone. (laughs) Pretty much. This holiday season, it's not too late. Book your trip now to lovely Canto Bight, the lousiest, most beautiful town and vacation destination in the entire galaxy. Only 3,000 credits per sentient being. Enjoy front row seats for the Fathier races, where you can enjoy betting on these majestic beasts. You'll even be able to watch them getting electro-shocked before your very eyes without the need for macro binoculars. Bask in the best the galaxy has to offer in state-of-the-art prison-holding accommodations replete with authentic slicer roommate. Enjoy the role-play excitement package as he breaks you out of your cell. Are you with the resistance? 
opt for our cruelty-free package, where you can free enslaved children and fathers through the city of Canto Bight while attempting a cheesy derivative spy movie escape. Book now and get free VIP beach parking passes for the duration of your stay. This is one journey that is going to go the way you think. Where the heck is everyone? We're supposed to be on the air already. Teeb? IG? Ah, uh, maybe they're down in the basement again. It's Sergey. It's this. Yuri. Have you uh have you seen IG69 or Teeb anywhere? Yeah, I thought so. Dasvidanya. Wait. Ah, I smell hot dogs and is that Is that pork on the cob? The aroma is leading me up to the roof. What what the Happy 4th of July, Duper! Hey, you want a cheeseburger? I got some of those great Grunberger patties you love. Guys, we, we have a podcast to record. Well, what's gotten into you? What do you mean? We're celebrating the 4th of July in December. You know, kind of like uh, Sithmas in July, but reversed. Check out the bottle rocket. Can we record the podcast up here? It's 40 degrees up here. Is it? After six hot dogs, you don't really feel the cold. Then again, I am a droid. Well, just grab a coat and have a cheeseburger. The things I do for this podcast. Hold on. Shoot another Roman candle before Duper gets back. Ten bucks says you can't hit that power line. Challenge accepted. Nailed it! You only grazed it, and the power line's still up. Uh, looks like you actually owe me a tenner. Uh, put it on my tab. <laughs> Okay, let's begin already. Let me take a wild guess. On this episode, Herbert the Psychotic Time Lord once again takes us back through time to review a Star Wars movie. You would think, but he's usually here by now. IG, do you have his phone number? Well, yeah, let me let me get him on the line. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Herbert, it's the uh, faking Star Wars radio guys. Yeah, faking Star Wars radio guys. Herbert. Making, making, making bars? What are you, I don't need any bars. I, I've had enough bars in my life. What are you talking about? Herbert. Is this, this, is, this, is, this isn't Fight Club, Herbert. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, I know who it is. Why, why did you fakers interrupt Jeopardy? What do you mean? Herbert, aren't you going to force us to go back in time to review yet another Star Wars movie? Hey, listen, guys. Life with Kathleen Kennedy has changed me. I'm not the Time Lord that you remember. So you're not crazy anymore? Got it. But you're still homeless, right? <laughs> but, Herbert, what about our virgin time travel review of The Last Jedi? You can't just stop being the nutter we remember because you've fallen in love in your twilight years. Kids, 
Uncle Herbert is going to learn you something, so you pay close attention. Sometimes you have to let the past go. Kill it if you have to. I won't let you do that, Herbert. We've dedicated too much time and energy to this conceptual radio drama. Herbert, what if we grill you some of that barbecue chicken that you love? And give you an M80 salute set to some Ted Nugent. Well, if you put it that way... You owe it to us, Herbert. Bring back the psycho that we've grown to love. Oh, what the hell? I'll be over there in five minutes. Then after we eat, this time lord will write again. Delicious! This is the best fried chicken I've ever eaten today! Yeah, about that, it's not fried chicken. That was... that wasn't completely chicken. It, it, it was a chicken, Kowakian, monkey, lizard blend, so to speak. Whatever it was, don't you dare lose the recipe, you metallic monstrosity! So, we're really gonna do this? For the podcast! For Merka! The TARDIS awaits. The Last Jedi premiere, here we come! Subversion, the undermining of the power and authority of an established system or institution, but for our purposes a three-syllable noun that provides the map to where Storm Duper, IG-69, and T. Brontor are currently headed, because at this very moment, our unlikely heroes are traveling back to the day Star Wars fandom imploded, all because of a movie that subverted everyone's expectations. Their mission? Watch The Last Jedi for the very first time again. Of course, like your first sip of green milk directly from the teat of a Thala Siren, it's never quite an easy swallow. But how will it taste to our fakers? Join them on a journey into the subversive, where reality zigs instead of zags and rules exist only to be broken. This is the Twilight Zone. Ah, smells like December in Los Angeles. Oh, you're getting pretty good at this, my boy. It's December 15th. 2017, to be exact. Nice. Which means it can mean only one thing. Um, help me out here, Herb. You're going into the Shrine Auditorium to watch the new War of the Stars called... What's it called again? I forget. I, I have it written down here somewhere. Oh, where are my... Where are my reading glasses? It's, it's called... The Last Jedi... Oh, God, I bet it's going to be exactly like the other seven Skywalker movies. I bet you 20 bucks is going to be weirder. Deal, droid. Hurry up now. You don't want to be late and have to sit behind the director. Huh. I hear you won't see a friggin' thing behind that noggin. Thank you, Herbert. I'll never forget you for this one. See you in about three hours. Godspeed, fakers. <laughs> Oh wow, that was a that was a 
pretty long movie. Uh, I don't remember Star Wars ever being that long. And, you know, I, I, gee, I, I don't know how to feel right now. I, I feel a little strange. Could, could you um, hook your, uh, your sensor up and check my pulse? Uh, sure, Storm Duper. Give me a second here. Oh, that's weird. What? It seems like your heart is both racing and yet barely beating at all. Oh, geez, I, I guess it's because I just, I don't know how to feel about this movie, guys. I mean, there were there were parts of it that just absolutely blew my mind and I thought were just spectacular, but then there were other things that made me just wanted to curl up into a big ball of dis- derisive ambivalence. It, yeah, it, it, it was like, I don't, yeah, it's hard to feel about this movie because it's like, it's a good movie, but is it a good Star Wars movie? Uh, I don't know. I just don't know what to think. Part of me thinks we just witnessed the stroke of genius. It was so original and unbelievable. Yeah, it definitely did things we've never seen before. Yeah, but then there's this gnawing fear in my mind that we might have just watched a rare, almost extinct animal get run over on the highway. Well, to me, I think we just watched a Luke Skywalker snuff film. But, I mean, is he dead or isn't he dead? Was he there or wasn't he there? In fact, are you actually here right now, Duper? Am I? I don't even know what's real anymore. Keep, make sure that you keep your uh, your monitor on our pulses here, IG, as we do this review, because I, I just feel like I'm in some surreal fantasy world now. Was that a Star Wars movie? I make no promises. Well, it was in space. Yeah, it had... And there was war. It had X-Wings. I saw a lightsaber. We didn't even see lightsabers cross, though, in the whole movie. Well, not really. No, they were kind of fighting together, and yeah, it was. It's different. It's different. It's it's, it's not derivative. I'll give it that. Yeah, I, I mean, there were some things in it that that looked like Star Wars, but in some ways, it was almost like they took a weird Japanese art film and just dressed it up with the tropes of Star Wars, and and you know, cooked it up threw it on a plate and said, let's eat, fakers. Well, let's get into this meal then. What did you think? Like, just first impression, what did you think of the movie? Was it was it good? Was it bad? I think it was just okay. I think it was just weird. It, it, it was so weird, I can't even give it a grade of good or bad. All right. Well, I mean, I think I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed, I enjoyed uh, watching the movie so I feel like satisfied that I watched an enjoyable content here um, but you said it wasn't Star Wars It's like, and it's like you said it's like yeah it was a good movie it was almost like every time you thought something was going to happen it didn't happen and you start laughing at the screen you're like wait is the director is he in on some kind of joke with just me like are we having a personal joke right now and I mean even Luke looks at the camera and says this isn't going to go like you think it's going to go and I agree. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, uh, it was definitely not what I expected. You know, we, we talked a lot um, before the movie came out about what we thought was going to happen, and none of it happened. Yeah, there was uh, very little in there that, that had any resonance with what we talked about at all from The Force Awakens. Um, and I thought that, but although there was something that I kind of liked at the same time about that was that there was this sort of theme of failure going through the entire movie. It's like every single character in the movie completely <clears throat> sucks at their job. And I kind of wonder if that was a bit of commentary on the movie itself and, and its job to appease Star Wars fans and to be a good contribution to Star Wars uh, for the future. That it also was cognizant of the fact that it was going to utterly fail. Is that possible? 
Well, let, let's talk about let's talk about some of our expectations and um, and whether or not like uh, things were met or not. Like, okay, I'll go first. Um, I like that. I, I hated the idea that Ray was a Skywalker or a Kenobi or uh, a Solo. I really, really wanted her to be her own character, and apparently she is. She her parents are nothing and nobody, and she's not related to anyone in the Star Wars film. So I liked that. I liked that. However, it didn't explain, but it didn't answer the question of who she is and why she's so powerful. So, while I like that she's not a derivative character, I don't like the fact that I still don't know who or why Rey is. I mean, here we are again. It's a Star Wars movie that we don't know the, the lineage of the main character. It's like, enough already. Tell me who this person is, and then you tell me, oh, they're nobody, they're nothing, uh, yet they can speak to droids and Wookiees and... All these other different things, and we're just supposed to be like, nah. And then, I don't know. I got I got distracted by shirtless Kylo. Uh, I, I I need a minute. Teeb, um, my my monitors are indicating that you have a racing heart, high blood pressure, and you're sweating a little bit thinking about Kylo. Just saying. Huh? What are they telling you about my uh, my feedback? Um, let's just say it's hard to say what you're thinking oh dear. about. Well, I like that scene, you know, with Ray in the little uh, dungeon pond or whatever it was. I thought it looked beautiful, and I, I have to say, I mean, the the way they shot it was so cool. How did they find so many other actresses that looked just like Daisy Ridley? What was that? Yeah, what was that scene supposed to be telling us? Are are we are we seeing a clone? Are we going down the clone path again? Because uh, you know they already ruined Boba Fett. Now they're going to ruin this new character that. Is already garbage to me, but uh, other people like her. So, well, I mean, I still think she's garbage, and I was right. She's garbage. She even says she's garbage. I mean, Kylo says she is too. I, I, I don't know though. I'm not sure I accept that. I, I think that there seems to be maybe some, you know, malevolence or deception involved on his part. Maybe he is just trying to bring her down. You know, basically like gaslight her so that she'll join uh, his team. Yeah, but he says, search your feelings, and she searches her feelings. You can see her, like, almost, like, looking at, like, the Google in her mind, and she's like, yeah, I am trash. I agree. Oh, my God. No, no, no. I, I totally get it now. He's negging her. Kylo's a pickup artist. Yeah, exactly. That's oh, what I he's thought. an incel. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm... The space incel. <laughs> that might actually have been the reason nice. that no one told us that Kylo decided to destroy the Jedi Temple is because uh, Luke wouldn't let him express himself in that way. Well, he is very angry all the time. He's always breaking things, and people are afraid to talk to him because obviously he's not getting any space sex. I mean, that is pretty clear. I mean, who else does he have up there? There are no other females... At, you know, Captain Phasma, she'd break him in half. That's true. I mean, he might like that. I don't know though. I thought I thought the interaction between Kylo and and Ray was something that people were maybe getting excited for. After I saw the Force Awakens, I I liked the idea of Kylo and Ray smooching on on camera, and and they basically did that. I mean, they they touched fingers. That's that's pretty hot. Um, okay, are we just going to completely skip Luke Skywalker and the first thing that he does when she hands him that lightsaber is flick it over his shoulder and almost murder droids with it, or droids porgs with it? Let's start with Luke, because it kind of starts with Luke, and then it ends with Luke. Yes. Oh my god. Um, okay, I, I liked that Luke basically, like, okay, again, from my hatred of the prequels, I like that Luke figured out what the Jedi Order was and became completely 
um, just nihilistic about it. He hated. He, he's like, oh my god, this is the order I joined. This is horrible. Uh, we, we this, it needs to end. But him hiding in shame on that island and 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 just you know not caring about any of his friends or family anymore. That doesn't seem like Luke. I, I didn't like the way they portrayed Luke's character. Yeah, like he hid from Leia and Han, and I mean him him being like an absentee father or whatever the hell he is of the New Jedi Order or Republic or whatever it is. Um, he has a lot of blame to go, and and then he redeems himself at the end. I guess his ultimate redemption is his sacrifice to, you know, I don't know, buy the escapers time to escape or something with his shenanigans, his little uh, you know force force ghost projection astral projection shenanigans his little transcendental yeah, he, meditation uh, I, I do i do like what you say though about him kind of like being like yeah the jedi are stupid because that's the way uh, you know that's the way this movie lays it out i don't think the jedi are stupid i think he's stupid i think he doesn't deserve to be in the order anymore than his dad did and he never should have been in the order which is exactly what yoda said from the get-go i don't know i think that I think that this is hard because you have to think about this in terms of the way it was made a little bit almost like get into the sausage, the porg sausage. I mean, if you're Ryan Johnson and, you know, you get handed this movie, uh, you have Luke stuck on this island. And, you know, if you remember from our Force Awakens episode, I insisted that I did not think Luke was hiding. I thought he was searching. Right. And that's how he ended up on this island. Now, I think that, you know, we could pretty much say that I was absolutely wrong because Luke says I came to this island to die. Um, but I mean, what else is Ryan Johnson going to do if you really think about it? I mean, Luke is stuck there on this island full well in the knowledge that he's avoiding everybody. And then like, here comes this girl with a lightsaber. Like his character has to respond in some way that makes sense. And I think that the only way that makes sense is for him to sort of disown a little bit of his past and, and try to like forget about it. That, that to me is like the only way his character makes sense on that island. Otherwise it's just some kind of Mickey Mouse uh, parade. I, I disagree. Well, I just like I think that he could have been um he realized that there was a fundamental flaw in the code of the Jedi that led many of its members to turn to the dark side um the its teachings like there was a, the, it, there was a problem with the Jedi system so he went back to the origins of the Jedi which that island is the origin of the Jedi and uh to seek the guidance of the original founders and see what their original plan was and maybe how it had altered over time to learn more, to find a better way to bring the Jedi back in a more, uh, in a safer or, um, more, um, I don't know, uh, competent fashion that didn't result in enlightened fashion, maybe enlightened fashion. Yeah. That he basically was trying to reinvent the order in a way that worked because okay, he, you he failed. You don't you don't ravage and and destroy the the, the the what do you call it the Library of Alexandria, you know he burns those books and then when he doesn't have the the capacity to burn them or whatever Yoda does it for him giggling like a weird muppet. I didn't like that at all. But I mean my point is you don't destroy knowledge. I don't care what you think of the thing. You don't destroy knowledge. That's just stupid. Now, if you want to reshape the order into some other resemblance than what you're used to, that's fine. But you have to use the, you know, the the base that's there. After he's long gone, that knowledge will be gone. If he is truly the last Jedi, 
And it, it seems like that's what they're leading up to, that they're going to do away with the Jedi altogether, which, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Yoda... Yoda clearly knew that, so, and he was just doing the, uh, the you know, the um, the environmental uh, tree burn there um, because uh, he's trying to basically make a statement about uh, forest fires in, in California and how we all have to do our part to contain them. Uh, you know, Yoda is an environmentalist. It had nothing to do with destroying Jedi knowledge, as you say. It was more to, uh, to try to encourage people to don't start forest fires. But then he started a forest fire. What's your? I don't understand what you're saying. Because I don't understand. It's it was contained. so he burned a tree. It was, Nothing else burned is what you're saying. Yoda knew that it would be emblematic for us to see that, and uh, you know, also the whole the whole um, the metaphor of of uh, you know the small little green guy causing all the problems. I mean, that's a that's a good thing to keep in mind for the audience, and and to realize that uh, it has nothing to do with the main characters in the story, but rather this intrusive force ghost causes all the mayhem. Yeah. Also, he's a force ghost that can use the force through like death like after death like where he becomes one with the force now he can still use the force like he burned the tree also yoda has the power of arson he has the power <laughs> of incendiary uh, explosions or whatever i've never seen a, even a, a a dark jedi or a sith use that you know lightning sure but or was Thor somehow involved? Was he maybe he's buddies with Thor because this is Disney and like Thor came down and went <laughs> and like shot the tree and we and we didn't see that it was like it was off camera. T, he's well, that, had... that's unfortunately a problem because if uh, if if Yoda can basically Yoda is an invulnerable spirit who can affect the real world. He could basically single handedly take out the First Order by himself now. Yeah, he's just lazy. He can just wander through their ships, causing them to explode. Well, wouldn't you be... And nobody can do anything to him. Wouldn't you be lazy? So you don't need Luke, you just need Yoda. Well, wouldn't... Maybe we've always needed Yoda. Well, wouldn't you be lazy if you had to spend 900 years mopping up everyone else's stupid problems like your whole life? I would think that once you do pass into the Force, you uh, have deserved the right to be a little bit lazy and to be a little bit more selective about how you in influence people that are still living. Um, I was okay with Yoda. I liked him being back, and I, I mean, he was very playful, which I appreciate. You know, Yoda's a little bit more distant now. He realizes that all this stuff that everyone's so worked up with, you know, in the Force and the history of the Jedi, it's all not really that important in the grand scheme of things, and I, I thought that was cool. The more important message of this film that, that, you know, is in the grand scheme of things is the way it deals with, like, authority figures. Like, for example, Snoke, Leia, Amelin Holdo. Like, basically, all the authority figures in this movie are just completely wiped out the window. Leia literally wiped out the window. Um, I mean, what do you think about that message for for oh. teens and for young people today that uh, you know, don't listen to to uh, your authority. Uh, don't do you kill your idols, basically. I mean, Ryan Johnson really put together a fairly rebellious film. Okay, Sorry. so yeah, I'm, yeah, that's, that's, okay, so that brings us to another point there with uh, Leia. How did Le Leia just use the most awesome force Abilities ever, apparently completely, again, with no training. I guess girls can do that. No, I have a theory about that. I believe that it was actually the Force protecting her. Because remember, the Force is actually just midichlorians. So midichlorians really have, um, you know, the hots for Leia. And they didn't want her to die. So they, like, all got around her. And they 
you know, elevated her through space and they saved her. I mean, because when you become one with a force, maybe it was Yoda. Maybe Yoda was there, Obi-Wan, because apparently anybody can use the force after they're dead. So, But that's not how the force works. <laughs> it is. It's totally how the force works. No. It, like, she, she, she survived the vacuum of space to pull herself back into the ship. That is weird. And this is so sad because Carrie Fisher is actually dead. And that would have been a way for her to go out of the movie with, um, you know, some meaning that, like, um, Kylo didn't want to kill her, but, you know, it ended up that she he, he's still responsible for his mother's death. And, you know, he's he's struggling with that. Um, and, and instead, what they did is they, they wrote Luke out. And so now we have Carrie Fisher going into the next movie without actually being alive. So we're going to have, like, CGI... Carrie Fisher and Luke's gone. Um, Han's gone. Like, why not? Why why not rewrite the ending a little bit so that Luke um, comes back and can carry the next movie, and then Carrie Fisher goes out in this movie. If they wrote that scene in, it like just I, I'm just would have made more sense. I agree. It would have made more sense. I know when it happened, I was like, wait, is this it? They're killing her right here in a cheesy space battle that means nothing like she's not going to have some big confrontation with her son or anything like she's never said anything to her son on 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 screen no ig let me put your fears never seen her talk to ben ig let me put your fears to rest though i mean uh cgi technology has come a long way and it is going to be very easy for the next director of episode nine to uh to render some uh, coke nails for the cgi version of of leia don't worry they just take her uh, footage from the holiday special and put it in. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, okay, so we've talked a little bit about some of the main characters, and, and you know, we have not touched the elephant in the room, though, which is the uh, the situation going on with Leader Snoke. Um, we had a lot of questions about his backstory, and I thought that this entire movie was going to explore that in great detail. Ryan Johnson made the very elusive and interesting choice not to worry about it whatsoever. Ever. Teeb, what did you think about that scene where Mr. Teenage Angst Kylo Ren completely destroys Leader Snoke by cutting him in half like a sushi roll? I actually thought that was a really cool scene. It was uh, it was one of those things where he was blinded by his own arrogance because he felt that he completely controlled this puppet of his, this Kylo Ren puppet of his. But in the end, Kylo Ren's just a horny incel who decided to get rid of any competition to his uh, sweet piece of uh, space tail. That's what I thought. And also it shows that Leader Snoke is a complete and utter failure as well. So it's not only the rebels on one side that are completely mucking things up. I think we should start calling him the uh, Supreme Leader, formerly <laughs> the, known as Snoke. The Supreme Disappointment of this well, movie? Well, Darth Maul was cut in half and he's still around. So, I mean... Uh... Very unfortunately, yes, he is. as I oh would like God. to add. Yes, he is. <laughs> he's, he's like a canker sore that just won't go away, except this time the canker sore has horns and a double-bladed lightsaber in your mouth. Ugh. Um, <laughs> Ouch. Lucasfilm just can't stop tonguing it, though, you know? They just got to keep tonguing that wound. Ugh. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> they need some of that Ambisol, but they just can't use it. They're just like, yeah, I totally get it. That's a great... Great visual, by the way. Ambo Mall. We'll call it Ambo Mall. <laughs> oh, jeez. Ambo Mall. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Disney, get off the Ambo Mall already. Yeah. 
I, I did like that um, that Kylo killed Snoke in a way. I think I would have liked to know more about Snoke before he died. So this is this is a, a sort of something I'm noticing with this movie is that I, I liked a lot of the ideas, but mm. they weren't explored or explained. Um, so killing Snoke is fine, but we still need to know who Snoke was. Um, but I did like that Kylo killed his master who was abusive, whereas like Darth Vader put up with Palpatine being a jerk to him for yes. God knows how long. And yes. it made and that that made Vader seem a bit weak, like Vader had just given up on life and didn't care anymore. Um, Kylo isn't taking it, and he decided to uh, end the abusive relationship and then become the abuser himself. Yeah, I do like that because now the next movie is going to be he's in charge because Vader has always been the subservient to an, uh, you know a, a chancellor, or an emperor, or whatever. Then then we have the supreme leader, Snoke. And now he's gone, so now Kylo is off, you know off off any reins that he has on him at all, and I, and I think that they can do really interesting things with that because I also think and I agree with uh, what Ig said. I also think that he's looking at what his grandfather's mistakes were and not making them in his mind. He's thinking that I'm gonna completely eliminate. Like he probably knows that uh, Vader killed the emperor but there was a lot of period of time where his grandfather suffered like you said for years where he didn't take care of the emperor and he finally had to do it anyway so i think he was just kind of jumping the gun so to speak and and getting rid of snoke but i also again think that if ray had not been introduced into that situation he would have endured snoke a lot longer but snoke therefore did himself in by bringing those two together with his manipulation where he was tricking them because if he had left them separated, you know, keep them separated, uh, then, you know, I think he'd still be alive. I think we would have learned more about Snoke. But because he jumped the gun and because he introduced Rey to Kylo, that, you know, those hormones, it was just it was just space emo teenager incel boy. He's going to do something cool in front of his new girl and be like, watch this. I'm going to totally cut this guy in half. Let's put it on TikTok. You know what I mean? But then... Okay, yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, but then also the problem is uh, Kylo's not ready to lead. So who's going to be the villain in the next movie? Like, Kylo's not ready to be leader of the First Order. Uh, and we still don't even know really what the First Order is, what they want, or... That, that's what I'm saying. That's what I think is going to be great. He's going to have nobody telling him what to do. Imagine, like, a millennial at your, at your job that's basically just taken over. The, he's become, I'm CEO, I'm 26 years old. I know everything. Trust me. And this is the way we're going to do things. <laughs> He's become the Mark Zuckerberg of Star Wars, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kylo is going to be testifying before a Congress asking him about why he destroyed all the political rhetoric in the galaxy and killed anyone who said anything bad about him. Okay, so um, I- I'd like to I'd like to talk about um, you know some of the new things this movie brought out, and of course we have. Uh, the new dynamic duo of uh, Finn and Rose. So what do you guys think about hmm. the dynamic duo? Well, I think they had to get rid of, uh, they, they got rid of Finn being a love interest of Ray. So they had to pair him up with somebody because that's just what Hollywood does. You know, oh, let's, let's have a hetero relationship where you have a guy who is alone. We have, I, I have to pair him up with some annoying girl. And the, the, the girl he should have ended up hooking up with is the bomber chick who died at the beginning of the movie. That would have been interesting, but instead we get 
you know, little bit. I didn't hate her. I, I thought she was okay. I mean, it's just she was an unimportant character, and I would have rather have seen Finn do something a little bit more interesting. I mean, he basically his entire plot was to go on a wild goose hunt, which he didn't actually complete at all. Um, you know, looking for that guy who this magic, magic, uh, magic solution to the plot, man. <laughs> you know, hey, let's. Let's find let's find the guy with the red the plumble that will be the magic solution mm-hmm. to this chaotic, incoherent plot. Um, but they didn't even find him, so it's it's uh, not not surprising that we're still left with a dissatisfaction in our mouths uh, due to the fathier popcorn being tainted with some some fathier urine, perhaps I don't know. But I just I didn't really appreciate that story at all. Uh, I found Rose to be just kind of saccharine and and boring. Um, on screen, her presence was just kind of meh. So yeah, I, I agree with you, T. She's a social justice warrior. She's that. She's like the representation of a social justice warrior, new fan base that wants to crap all over everything that uh, legacy people have created, and then be like, "Ah, I hate this whole place. I'm gonna put my fist right through this whole franchise." Is basically what she said. Well, no, without I, saying. I mean, it. I, I haven't spent the greater part of my life enslaving children or shocking uh, alien beasts, so I didn't feel offended by that part of what she had to say. Well, have you been to Vegas? I mean, as much as we uh, here at Baking Star Wars Radio enslave right. Russian trolls, they have it coming. Um, but uh, well, because of the collusion, duh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, uh, I I I liked the idea arose when I heard oh, there's going to be an engineer character. I thought oh, she's going to do like super cool tech stuff. Like she would be the one who hacks into the computer or something. But they kind of made her uh, like they put her in, and then they gave her nothing to do. Well, she had the necklace that was able to hack the system you know, hack the entire empire or whatever. <laughs> I know why they didn't do that because they needed to spend millions of dollars creating like rubber masks and CGI characters in a casino because everyone has been screaming to see that in Star Wars since the first movie came out. We demand a casino scene a la James Bond. Um, but if you think about it, they could have just done a simpler plot where she uh, and Finn embarked on sort of this like espionage thing where they tried to break into a Star Destroyer. They could have enlarged it and made like, you know, several different things that they had to do through some dramatic tension. And they would have had a really interesting little side plot there. Instead, they meet this useless character, DJ, who we're never going to see again, Benicio Del Toro, although he did give a good performance, completely useless. Uh, and and then we had this Canto Bite nonsense. So yeah, I, I kind of agree with you, um, IG, that as a character, she was good, but she was completely used inappropriately. She's not like a Jar Jar Binks. It's just that her character didn't have enough to do in the plot. So that's why she felt a little out of place. Let me let me, let me me put it into perspective for you, Duper. Rose Tico is to me as Jar Jar Binks <laughs> is to you. Does that make sense? Yeah, I can understand, you understand that. Now? That makes you sense. You see it? Uh, glaringly so, I would say. You know, okay, do you have good. to be so mean about it, Teeb? I mean, <laughs> so you're both useless and annoying. No, I mean, okay. My, my, I'll go back to the Canto bite scene, like you were talking about. My favorite part of the Canto bite scene, I actually enjoyed the scene. I liked the fact that, that it was all for naught. That was just that was hilarious. Although it did introduce us to Broom Boy, who I think I hope Broom we see Boy? more Who's about Broom that guy. Boy? Yeah, he's a little kid that was able to use the force. I don't know what you're talking about. I must kid. have uh, uh, the movie must have disgusted me so much that I I didn't Maybe remember that scene. Off. He's the slave boy who at the end uh, force pulls <sighs> the broom to his hand. 
Yeah, and I don't think those are slaves. I think they're indentured servants, so please stop calling them slaves. That's very offensive to slaves. Oh, you know what happened, actually? You know why I didn't get to see that scene? Because I was distracted by the person sitting next to me. They were, like, already complaining about the movie before it had even started. They were sitting there saying, like, oh, my gosh, that opening scene was so stupid. Like, those bombs in space, like, they would never be able to fall, like, onto that super um, Star Destroyer or whatever it was called. Uh, thing um do you remember the name of it the uh uh dreadnought they said yeah you know the person next to me was like those things can't fall in space that's stupid and i was like come on man like why aren't you talking about the real thing that is stupid like Paige, she spends like five minutes in this brian de palma moment stomping on the stairs trying to get this little trigger device to fall down into her fucking hands so that she can push the button to make these things fall why aren't you talking about that part of the inconsistency like people are really dumb of course things fall in space it's star wars get over it you loony and stop ruining the last scene of the movie for me I mean the first scene, but yeah, I I knew what you meant. No, I t- okay. Everybody knows. No, the last scene, the broom boy. I didn't get to oh, see it because of that. I didn't know oh, about that. You were thinking about that from the beginning. Well, okay, it's World War Two. No, because the lady next to me wouldn't shut up. <laughs> I was movie? like, come on, like just shut up and eat. You should have tased her. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Are you with the resistance? <laughs> Herbert confiscated all my oh. tasers in the time travel. But like. Okay, so yeah, okay, the the bombers were kind of dumb. Not, I don't think because of the bombs, but just because they themselves had apparently, like the the tensile strength of of uh, paper mache, uh, and they were incredibly slow. Okay, but you have to have different types of attack vehicles in in your story, otherwise it's boring. Yeah, and I think having space bombers was really, you know, it was a novel concept. And it was, a, it was, it was a take on World War II. It was supposed to be showing, like, you know, standing up and and having a dramatic moment of sacrifice. And again, I keep saying that the the best Tico died in that scene, obviously. Well, but are you okay? Well, one, they already had bombers. They're called Y wings. And two. Are you, does everyone uh, just say that uh, she's the better character because she's cuter? Is that it? Yes. Because like she literally didn't show anything. She was she, she literally was just slightly cuter. Like okay, that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's how. That's she didn't have annoying eyes. Rose has annoying eyes. That's my opinion. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Slightly cuter. More important that is the to me. Only yeah, thing absolutely. that matters to me. I am one hundred percent not yeah. ashamed to say that. No, no, I, I would, I would uh, be embarrassed not to say it. Looks I mean, are everything. I mean, look at me. What about DJ and uh, what about what about DJ? That guy they they do meet on Canto Bite T. What did you think about him and his uh, boots? These boots were made for hanging on my shoulders. His boots? <laughs> what do you mean? Maybe I was dozing off at that part. Well, you may not remember this, but when they wake him up in that dungeon cell uh, in the casino prison, he has boots hanging off of his shoulders. I guess they're kind of tied together, but they're just hanging on his neck like some kind of you know uh, game that he's just shot in the forest or something. He's like a proud hunter. He's got these oh, boots. That's an, that's an infantry thing. That's because you always want to keep your feet um, dry and clean. So I think he's been in the infantry. Oh, so you're saying that actually was authentic? Ah, yeah, I it, see. Hmm. So you actually liked his character then? You found it compelling and authentic? I was, I was, I want to say I was shocked that he betrayed them, but I wasn't because he flat out tells them when he first meets them, you, you're an idiot if you trust anybody in this galaxy, basically. And he didn't exclude himself. 
And so you kind of know that it's coming. And he's basically telling them the whole time, I'm going to betray you. I thought he was an interesting character. Uh, and I have a friend named DJ, so I'm like, he betrayed me when we were younger. So, I mean, you know, anybody named DJ now, I'm, I'm completely uh, suspect of as a result. He didn't betray them. They got caught and he just didn't die for the resistance, which he's not a part of. No, he did betray them. He says, I told you not to trust me. But that's not a betrayal. They got caught. He didn't sell them out. He didn't phone the First Order and say, hey, we're coming and uh, get ready to get us. They got busted, and then he didn't like take the fall for them. That's not betrayal. They, they basically said, do this job for us. And he's like, okay. And he was doing the job, which is exactly what he said he'd do. Then they got caught, and he just said, okay, he right and then he uh, spills the beans to the authorities to save his own life because he's not a member of their group. That's not betrayal. If they had not been caught, everything would have been fine, and he would not have betrayed, betrayed, so to speak, them. He, he just... He just didn't die for them. You're a Lando apologist. I would say whatever he did do, whatever you want to call it, it's like something far worse has happened to them now. Like, uh, you know, what do you want to call it, betrayal or not? Like, <laughs> here, let me let me uh, completely sell out your entire resistance force now so that they're just basically sitting ducks for the First Order. You're right, team. He didn't betray them, but whatever the word is for what he did, there's not a there's not a place in the hell that's hot enough for him. Like, come well, on, he man. Like, is, did Benedict Arnold betray us? Because technically like, he got caught, and he, we didn't actually turn West Point over because he got caught. Eh, you know, eh, he wasn't really a traitor because you know he we we caught him in the act because because of boots because of boots actually. Benedict Arnold actually went to the enemy and said, "I will give you something for something." This guy didn't go to the first order. The first order caught him and two resistance members trying to sabotage their ship. He's going to die unless he gives them something that's worth his life and this and that information they inappropriately shared with him was what was going to save his life he's not a member of the resistance benedict arnold was a member of the continental army they even had a guy named benicio play him i mean he is a traitor he's a traitor He's a he's a Lando. Okay, when was Lando a traitor then? Len, but Lando wasn't a traitor either. But Lando. Oh, Lando wasn't a traitor, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here. But Lando did. Lando did sell out his friends. How, however. Oh, well, that's a traitor, my friend. Don't ever. Ah, oh, oh, IG. I'm your friend. Don't betray me. <laughs> Lando was the head of Cloud City which suddenly had the Empire show up. So he said, no, destroy us all so that uh, my friend's ship will not land here. No, okay, fine. Lando, at least there was some sort of personal connection. They literally just met the guy in prison. He's a traitor. He, had, he was not their friend. He was not a member of their organization. And he did not sell them out before. He was completely honest up until the point where their mission completely failed. So I can only betray you if you're a friend. No. That's well, well. Yes, actually, that's sort of the nature of betrayal. Uh, uh, also, Ig, your treatise here on friendship and loyalty and betrayal has made it crystal clear to me why you only have two friends in existence. Actually, he's about to lose one. <laughs> you don't know either of them, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, but 
<laughs> right, right. But, You're right. It was presumptuous oh of me to think I was one of them. Sorry. <laughs> well, hey, in some way, shape, or form, the film is successful because it's gotten us arguing in a way that we usually don't. I mean, normally it's all just hunky dory in the studio here, and uh, here we are on the street. And guys, if we don't, if we don't uh, be careful, people are going to start thinking that we need to be uh, uh, put into some kind of mental institution right, ourselves. Well, let's talk so. actual betrayals here, and let's go with uh, uh, Poe and Holdo because there's oh. some betraying going God. on there why why did they make poe like this like uh, what do you call it ankle biting hitler trope <laughs> every time he was around Haldo. <laughs> what was that all about i just kept waiting for him to put on his little uh you know john cleese mustache and ah! <laughs> we were on the wall you know it's like i don't know what, what what was that all about it was like all of a sudden he turned into this totally different guy when he was around her i mean i get it i'm not a fan of purple hair either but dude relax I thought he was kind of flirting with her a little bit in the beginning, though, because he was, like, looking at her, and he was kind of eyeing her up, and he's, like, you know, elbowing his buddy. He's like, that's Admiral Holdo? Holy crap. She's a, she's a rebellion leader I'd like to, you know, I mean. Like to Leia? I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I did not get that vibe at all. I got the vibe of, oh, wow. Uh, I hate you because you have a... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> everybody knows he wants to get with Finn. Okay, that is a relationship that everybody wants to see happen. If Disney doesn't do that, Disney has no space nuts. I'm saying it. I'm on Team Finlow, though. I think Ray and Finn. Oh, sorry, uh, Kylo and Finn need to hook up. Kylo and Finn. Kylo. Yeah, and Finn. it's just got to happen. It's got to happen. <laughs> I'm putting it out there. That's a meme internet. Start making it. Okay, that would be an interesting relationship. Like, every time somebody comes over for, like, cupcakes or something, and, like, Finn burns the cupcakes, like, Kylo would be like, Ah! Why do you always burn the cupcakes? Ah! They could, like... They could like meet on Mustafar, and Finn would like show Kylo the wound that he caused on his back, and they could call the whole thing Saberback Mustafar Mountain. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> Why can't I quit you, Finn? I don't know. All right, we now have the title for episode oh, nine. We're good. We're good. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, but why are we not on the ro- on the on the payroll of Disney? I just don't understand. <laughs> we are pretty awesome. Uh, so we should start talking about the uh, the effects, right? Like some of the effects in this were like okay. We talked about the space mm. bombs, which I know technically wasn't right because of science and everything, but who cares, right? So my favorite part, like uh, I loved that. My scene. favorite part, effects wise, is when PB8 like hijacks the ATST or whatever it is and he just starts blasting everybody. It was like um, an acceleration of a crescendo of Revenge of the Sith when R2 firebombs those uh, battle droids. I was just like, this is awesome. He saves them from getting decapitated. How did Phasma stay alive? She was in a garbage chute on a planet that exploded. I I, th- I have a theory about that. Please share. Oh, go ahead, Teep. Oh, you want to hear the theory? Oh damn uh well <laughs> the theory is that there was unfortunately there was... we have no other uh <laughs> no other people here to listen to so yes we do want to hear it i feel like he threw her i feel like he threw her down the garbage chute and there was no follow-through right there was no follow-up because he didn't have time he's a janitor he doesn't really know how to like execute people let's face it and so his most original thing is 
I don't know, I'm the janitor. I'll throw her in the trash. Well, we all know people escape from trash compactors in Star Wars. Uh, it's 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 canon until Disney decides to legend it, right? I mean, <laughs> so yeah, I think that she just got out because she's like very resilient kind of person. So I, I think that he didn't really put a lot of thought into it. He should have shot her in the face and then thrown her in the trash. See, that is how you do things. I find your lack of theory disturbing. Wow, well, then there would have been great outcry amongst all chrome uh, sentient females uh, around the world. Are you ready for this? So She gets to wear chrome. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Anyway, uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, she's defined by her actions. So, uh, yeah. Another interesting part of uh, of the the movie that you know is a, I wouldn't say it's just a little detail, but it, the whole movie had this sort of red motif going on from the very beginning. Like in the uh, dreadnought, the lighting was all red. It was almost like a uh, submarine or something. And then later in the film, that motif reappears uh, in Snoke's little haunt there, uh, his little office, as it were. Um, and then at the very end of the film when they go to the planet crate it's also red like that salt layer and i was wondering like did they find a real place in the world with salt that turns red when you touch it like i because i thought they filmed that maybe it looked like bolivia or something has anyone been there and does the salt do that there when you the step salt on it didn't turn red it was just red underneath the salt it's like an etch-a-sketch so that would sound like an expensive production decision to go to bolivia where they have the salt scrape all the salt away for miles around dye everything red and then put the salt back but i guess disney went to great lengths for ryan johnson's production uh, yeah, I guess so. All that salt, it gets everywhere. Oh, I hate salt. Yeah. But, um, I, I thought that, I thought the, the crate scenes were, um, were, were beautiful and, um, I enjoyed sort of the, the, the idea of the planet. Um, wait, are we talking about critters? Did you just say crate? No, no, crate. That's crate. critters. Crate, crate, the planet. Crate, crate. Oh, not crate. 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 Yeah, crate. no. The critters were kind of meh, whatever. But um. what about the Pokemon? I mean, now that now now in the Last Jedi, Pokemon is canon in Star Wars. Uh, those crystal fox creatures. Yeah, they have a Glaceon. Wait, what? What did I miss? Oh, the fox! Yes, totally. That fox was awesome. Yeah. I was like, oh, space snow fox. I want one. No, salt fox. Oh, salt fox. Oh, that's cool. I so, did. I did notice that at the end of the movie, there was no message from the Humane Society about animals being hurt because I'm sure that it was very painful for those foxes to get dipped into salt water, frozen, and then have to run around on set. So I hope not too many of them died. Yeah, but it was Bolivia, so I think that was like fake snow or fake ice, maybe. But what about the porgs? Are we not going to talk about the porgs at all? Yes, we should talk about the porgs. I thought they were cute. Good way to get rid of the, uh, or to sort of alter the puffins, but now they apparently infest the Millennium Falcon, so that's going to be odd. Oh, it's like the trouble with porgs, like the trouble with tribbles, right? I think that, I think they definitely need to, like, overpopulate, and the next movie, there's just going to be, like, porgs, like, literally up to Chewie's eyeballs, and he's, like, trying to push them down, you know? If you feed a porg after midnight, do they start to multiply? Oh. I, yeah. Only if it's fried chicken. Like a little gremlins kind of thing going on there? Only if it's Corey, uh, Corey Feldman that feeds them. That's canon. It'll be like Chewie 
is in like one of those big ball maze things like at McDonald's, like where you can jump in all the balls, except he'll just be like writhing in pork, screaming for help. <laughs> As they devour him like a pack of piranhas. Well, now that would be poetic, yes. wouldn't it? Because he ate one of them right in front of one. I mean, talk about cold, freaking hearted, man. He's like, I'm eating this guy. You're next. I'm surprised with all the other uh, controversial things that Ryan Johnson uh, seems to have done in this movie that he didn't have a scene with the porgs uh, scraping the flesh off of the Wookiee skeleton at the end of the, of the Last Jedi. But maybe Disney showed him some restraint there in the end, and we have that to look forward to in the next film. So that kind of brings me to my next point. I mean, where is this movie going to be taking off? I mean, if this is like. So if The Force Awakens is, like, setting up the rocket ship, you know, at NASA and, like, getting the fuel in there, and then, like, The Last Jedi is, like, ignition and the rocket ship's taking off, where is it going to land in Episode Nine? Because in some ways, this felt like the last Star Wars movie ever. I mean, Luke is dead. Snoke is dead. Um, Rey and uh, Kylo are clearly never going to fall in love. They hate each other now. Um what else is left oh. to happen? I don't know. It feels like uh, we're sort of finished with Star Wars anyway. And the resistance is basically gone too. But oh, they don't need them anymore. You don't need a resistance because now all you need is a few droids and some like cheap freighters to um, hyperspace ram every uh, Star Destroyer in the galaxy. <laughs> That's yeah, it. Why, you, Problem is why not set that <laughs> crap on autopilot, by the way? Why sacrifice yourself? Why go down with the ship? When you could literally, this is space. You can program, you know, that's actually how John F. Kennedy, that's how Joe Kennedy Jr. died. So he died um, in a top secret mission that has since been declassified for years. It was it was classified, but basically he was using remote controls to remote control bombers as, uh, you know, like kamikazes. Uh, like kamikazes yeah. So he basically what they would do is they would fly the bomber to a certain point and then they would parachute out and then they would just take their little remote control and they would remote control it into the enemy. And so, I mean, this was the 1940s. Is Haldo that stupid? Maybe that's why she didn't want to tell anybody her plan because Poe would have been like, well, that's the stupidest plan I ever heard in my life, but I'm all for it because you'll be dead at the end of it. Have a nice life. That's why she likes him. No, I think what happened was that because DJ, like, gave away the coordinates, you know, she had to do something radical to, like, try to save everybody. Like, her, I don't think her initial plan was to go down with the ship. I think her plan was, no, no, no. She knew that they were getting fired upon, which she didn't expect. So she acted, like, very spontaneously. She was probably planning to be on one of those freighters or, or, you know, um, uh, transports as well. But because DJ uh, sold out the first or sold out the resistance, they were they were losing them. So she's like, oh, my gosh, I have to do something about this. So she stayed on the ship and then she tried to like she improvised with the light speed uh, attack, which was actually well, brilliant, refresh my memory because I fell asleep about four times. In- Sorry, guys, but uh, you, you're wrong because the captain of each ship that uh, ran out of fuel stayed on their ships. You see several of them blow up uh, on the other frigates. So she stayed on that ship and sent out the um, the survivors uh, before they started, before they knew that they were be- they were discovered and before they were being fired on. She stayed on the ship before she knew the First Order knew where they were. Oh, okay. So, I guess you're right. Yeah. So it, uh, it seemed like rather than get a droid to uh, pilot the ship, which they had plenty of, uh, a human had to die with each ship. That just seems to be the way. 
like Akbar. Didn't Akbar die too? This is the way. Uh, yeah, but that was because the the bridge got blown up. Okay, but I want to talk about something. I fell asleep a lot during this movie, and so maybe I missed it. But at the end, what did it buy them? Were they able to hyperspace out and, no. and completely elude the First Order? Or do they just slowly lilt to a, a safe planet? That the first order can totally see. Like, I, uh, what's the next movie going to be? There they are. Go get them and kill them all. Well, no, basically I, that was still something? the chase. Like the the first order basically chased them and their transports onto the planet crate. Like they got there like twenty minutes ahead of the first order. First order had time to set up their their giant space gun and and stuff while they tried to shut the doors and run like hell. So yeah, I mean it just was a continuation of the uh, the chase that we saw in space. No, after that. Yeah. After that, what? where are we now? What's going to happen now? Oh, like in episode nine? I don't know. I mean, it seems to me like somehow the resistance is, I mean, if you want to talk about predictions, I, I'm happy to talk about that. But yeah, let's talk about I that. think that probably the resistance is going to get wind of this broom boy that, that you've told me about. And probably they're going to realize that there's force users all over the galaxy. Ray is going to collect them all into a little... Um, covert or like a little tribunal of people who are being trained in the force and they're going to mount like basically a jedi attack on the first order Uh, at the very beginning of the next movie you're going to see thousands and thousands of benevolent force users just basically tearing down the first order and that will leave the rest of the movie just for her and kylo to fall in love and she can bring them back to the good side really that sounds awful but um you heard Maybe. it here first. Well, I like Broom Boy. I do think that they could develop that more because Canto Bight is a really interesting place, and I would like to see it again in Star Wars at some capacity. So if they, like, go... But how would they even know Broom Boy has the Force? He never, you know, shows anybody. He has he a secret himself, ring. You know? He has a secret ring, and uh, he's going to try to contact Ruse Tico. She becomes integral to the plot. Uh, she designs... You know, you're talking about her being a mechanic. She di- designs a special, you know, sub space frequency radio things so that they can keep in touch with him and he can give them updates as he you know gets into adolescence and starts growing pubescent hair and all that and uh, that's how they sort of keep him in line and then he becomes their sort of um, image that they put on posters around the galaxy like have you seen this broom boy like have you used the force to contact us and we'll get you plugged into the club he's like eight years old what the hell is he gonna do <laughs> he's gonna die like the younglings it's gonna be like the Jedi temple from uh, Revenge of the Sith all over again it's just gonna be like there's gonna be throwing children at the first order and just get their whole just gonna get mowed down <laughs> exactly i i want more from my resistance also let's speak of the resistance how many are left a hundred they blew up entire systems entire systems in the the new republic it was like they blew up 10 planets in one shot with the star killer base how many people can be left of the resistance? I mean, at the end, they make it, make it seem like it's almost like lost, like they found a radio that they can communicate with like four other people on the other side of the island. I'm not impressed with this resistance. It's pretty much like the real resistance, if you ask me. They ain't resisting Jack. Yeah, they, they're down to 20 people, and nobody wants to help them. Teeb, that means that they're sort of subverting your expectations the way a film normally would go in a trilogy would be that the third one would be the most epic, the most grandiose, Probably instead, it's going to be this very small story of like 15 people. Uh, they could even film it in like one room, and it could be like the resistance on this side, the first order on that side, and then they have like little bouts, you know, like um, the first one could be between Admiral Hux and Rose Tico. And after they beat the crap out of each other,
each other. Then it could be like, I don't know, Wicket and um, that Asian guy for the first order. And then they could fight. And then, and that will be the whole movie. It would just be like one bout <laughs> after another. And then at the very end, we get to see Ray and Kylo fight. And then instead of fighting, they French kiss. It will be amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That doesn't sound terrible. I mean, that's better than anything I can conjure up in my head right now because, uh, like I said, I'm not impressed with this resistance. And if they have Rose Tico be an integral part of the next movie, I'm out. I'm done. I'm done with Star Wars. Hmm. Uh, you heard it here first. Forced. First. Foist. That's going to be one of the guys in the corner for the uh, for the uh, resistance. going to be this guy from Boston. He's going to be from Southie, man. He's going to be like, give me some clam chata. I'm going to beat the crap out of that guy. I don't like the way he looks, you know? <laughs> okay, now you're talking about Earth. So what if Earth joins the resistance? What if at some point <sighs> there is some kind of Earth tie-in? Because it's J.J. Abrams and Rian Johnson, and now J.J. Abrams... Uh, like those two, when you when you think about it, they love to do crap like that. They love to put things into our world in a way that is huh. fathomable. And I have a, a real fear that they're going to do that with this with Star Wars. So they're going to the like next movie. they're going to make the faux pas of the the Lando Calrissian hot chocolate story, like in that novel that's become so infamous. And they're actually going to introduce Star Wars and Earth in like in the actual movie that sounds amazing Teeb. that that's what everybody's wanted then we won't need like cosplay we won't need amusement parks we won't even need star wars movies because oh. star wars will be part of earth finally it will be real there will be nothing fake about it right we can disband like uh congress we can like just call it the new republic and uh everybody will get elected based on their midichlorian counts yeah that's I what like people it. really want anyway bad. i mean mine's off the charts so anytime i'm ready i've been wanting a dictatorship for a long long time because a bunch of morons telling me what to do i'm over it i just would rather have one moron it's easier that way hey if it works i know that's basically what anakin so so uh it's they're gonna have to go after a super MacGuffin because they have nothing left (laughs) super MacGuffin. yeah they have a space chase in the last one and then the force awakens was the MacGuffin. the the plans or or luke was the MacGuffin. So so what will be the big thing in the next movie yeah ig what do you think is the big mac of this trilogy then um, Force ghosts. Well, you could. Be. Well, yeah. Yoda could just handle this this stuff all himself. He doesn't need. He doesn't need anyone. He can basically just like walk around the ship's force lightning everyone. Pretty much. Um. So that's what so, you're thinking is the MacGuffin is need, that Yoda has lightning power. Yeah. This is this is where I feel this is like a serious problem with this movie is that like it looked really good and it was fun in a lot of places, but it it leaves nowhere for the story to go in that that doesn't require a really, really hack plot twist where they find just something that is so overpowering that the First Order can't deal with it. Like, uh, th- like maybe, um, I, I hope they don't do another Death Star, but something like that, like where they're going to have to find mm. some sort of power in the universe that literally nobody can withstand. Wait, so you think they're going to ally the, the like the the dark side and the light side are going to ally again like like kind of like Reagan said the only way the Russians and the, the Soviets and the Americans would ever work together is if there was an a foreign attack from yeah. from space. So you're thinking that like, oh, what if Earth, what if Earth creates a galactic uh army and goes after them because we're tired of all this crap with all this nepotism in the in the galaxy causing all these problems with people that are pent up from being incels because they joined some ancient order that doesn't let them have sex. That makes sense. Well, I, I don't know. They're going to have to find some sort of um, ginormous MacGuffin, some some ultimate power 
uh, in the universe that can, def- but, but okay, this might be like the twist that it's the good guys now looking for this ultimate like killing device or whatever that can just destroy fleets of ships because yeah, they, the, they're literally for- out of options. Like uh, there's n- uh, no one in the galaxy wants to help them. They're down to 20 guys and an old piece of junk space freighter. That's all they have left. Garbage. Yeah. yeah the garbage. Just will do. garbage. So yeah. that's it. Um, they're they're gonna need something that just uh, it, it it'll be dumb. What about an old pirate? You think any old pirates will make any appearances? You think they're gonna have any alliances with anybody from the old movies at all? Um, no, there's nobody left not from the old movies. I mean, they've yeah, killed off Lando. Han and Luke and and or uh, yeah, I mean, and that's Leia. what I'm saying. Lando, Lando, Lando Wedge Antilles. Those no. are the only people left. Um, Lando big, is not an interesting character anyway. I mean, he was basically in there in Return of the Jedi. He didn't really do anything interesting at all. He should have probably died like at the end of Return of the Jedi when he tried to escape. That would have been befitting him. Uh, so yeah, there's no way that they're going to bring back Billy D. Williams in this movie. That would be absolutely completely stupid. Um, no, I think I think you're going to see probably some sort of uh, like development <laughs> of really the feel. intrigue. It's going to be a small story. Just you know, there might only be one planet. Basically, Ray Kylo playing chess, trying to figure out how to push each other's buttons and uh, get each other to join them on on their side, and ultimately. Feminism is going to win, and and Ray is going to seduce Kylo to the dark to the light side with her mad, crazy hips and uh, super Jedi skills. I don't think I think feminism will win, but I don't think it'll be through sexual innuendo or, or seduction. It will be because she's a Mary Sue, and she'll be able to like beat him at everything that he does. Like you know, like literally, like let's play jacks. Oh, she beats him. Like like you were saying, like 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 Bill and Ted, right? Like when they're playing against death and they they finally get down to the point where they're playing battleship or whatever because it's so ridiculous. Like you said, it's like chess. Hmm. And and yeah, I totally think that. But I don't think it'll be because of any feminine energy because that would be too you know, that would offend too many people. Maybe Ray will be the MacGuffin. With her force powers, she can crush entire fleets by herself with no training. Oh, uh, that's I don't true. Want that I say she can no. just like like tin cans. She's just like reaching out and she's just like crunch. She's crushing their heads. I'm crushing <laughs> your head. <laughs> yes. And the whole ship just like folds up into a little ball. And then it's like, yeah, you don't you don't need anything other than Ray to win this fight. So Ray and Yoda could basically take over the entire galaxy, according to you and Duper. So yeah, I mean, what's the point of even having a movie? Just make it a five minute movie and be done with it. Maybe maybe like Ray and Yoda get together and um you know, Ray you know, and Yoda get their horse on. <laughs> well, I mean, he's a ghost, so I mean, he's ageless, so there wouldn't be any age difference in that regard. He's stable. He's got course. a good job. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. He's nine hundred years old, but you know, he's he's as spry as an eight hundred and fifty year old. You know. It's... Yeah. I mean, I crazier things have happened, I guess, in Star Wars, but I don't know. I mean, honestly, I think that we're going to see some kind of big confrontation between Rey and Kylo Ren, and it's going to be some big dramatic moment that ties all nine movies together. Because if that's not what we get, then what is the point of even having a ninth movie? I mean, really, they should have just, they really should have just ended it after Return of the Jedi and had, that's it. I mean, like that, that would have been good. Just stop, just stop right there. 
But what's the point of having them fight? Because she can already beat him. She's beat him twice. Well, the one time she beat him, he was really damaged. He was, like, all messed up. He can shot by a bowcaster. Let's see how good you are when somebody shoots you with a bowcaster. You know what? I get shot with a bowcaster for breakfast. I would love to I would love to see IG shot with a bowcaster. That would be uh, brilliant. I've been hoping for that for years. It tickles. Let's put it on our Patreon. Put it on our Patreon. Uh, our next Patreon can shoot IG 69 with a bowcaster. Or any 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 projectile like weapon actually. I'll I'll make the exception for anything. No slingshots. Yeah. They're my weakness. <laughs> Well, guys, uh, you might think that our journey has uh, come to an end. How could it still be going? We are from 2019. I'm sure there aren't any new Skywalker saga films to watch. From a certain point of view, that's true, IG. What does he mean by that? I think he means we're going to have to go back in time to watch the Star Wars holiday special. No? You'd think so, T, but even this old codger has a limit for cruelty. No! I'm going to take you forward in time next to see Star Wars Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker. No! Please tell me this is all over. I have pity on you, Duper, and your faker entourage, but this must be done. You see, old man Herbert has been busy. Busy? What could he mean by that? Hello, boys. Kathleen, you're back. You're you're still hanging around with this loser. Um, Kathleen, you're uh looking a bit plump. Rude. I'm not plump. I'm pregnant. Pregnant. Oh my god. Isn't it amazing? Are you telling me that you and Herbert have sired a love child? <laughs> oh, did we ever? Hey, Carthrill, the way you talk about my kin, this is going to be my 650th child that I've sired, and I have all the love for it in the universe. Hey, hold, hold on, guys. My, my, my midichlorian counter is going off. Is that what that is? IG, you've never told us about your midichlorian counter before. All, all droids all droids have them. I Hold on. Kathleen, come here. Oh, my God. I haven't seen a midichlorian count this high since... Since I had lunch with Kim Kardashian, this is this is off the charts, guys. Well, what does this mean? You you guys making an old man nervous talking about these middies and chlorians and oxygenators and all this nonsense? You got me up into a real fucks here. What is it gonna? What's we we need to go to the hospital? I don't have health insurance. Calm down. Silence, Herbert. This is serious. Here, let me turn on my scanner. We can uh we can digitally view the baby. Oh, wow, yeah, IG, you know, this kind of technology seems like it could have been very useful in our time travel journey thus far, but I didn't even know you could do this kind of scanning. I can only use it conveniently. That makes sense. Can you project the ah. image of Kathleen's belly up here on the skyscraper so that the entire city can see what's inside of her? Absolutely. It is, after all, convenient. Make sure not to show any of her naughty bits. Those are just for me, baby. Wow, that... that that baby has some odd features. Look at those ears. They're kind of like pointy and it's... Pointy, just like Herbert's ears are pointy. And it's like small and green and has really big eyes. Pointy-eared and small and green, just like Herbert. What are you guys saying about me? Is my is my baby going to be okay? Hey, that... It looks just like you. Does that... this baby remind you of anyone? Well, guys, 
Kathleen is carrying baby Yoda. Oh my god, that's a Yoda. Why, that's not my child. I, I never would have a baby that ugly. I'm a handsome fellow. You cheated on me, Kathleen. Say it ain't so. Our love was made in the galaxy forever and ever, and you've ruined me now. No, Herbert, no. I'm 110% sure you're my baby's daddy. Oh, I I can't take this. Every woman I've ever I've ever fallen in love with has gone and broken my heart. Hold on, hold on, Herbert. I have I have a Jerry Springer test. Here, I'm gonna need your arm. Let me just uh, take a little bit of blood. Oh, child, be careful where you're sticking those needles. All right, now let me just match that to the digital DNA. And Herbert, you are not the father. No. Hey Whoa. guys, the the baby it can hear us. It's it's starting to raise his hand and and manipulating. I, I feel like I'm being manipulated by the force somehow. Oh uh, no! Is that uh, what that baby is? Yoda, oh, no, that's please. really painful. Oh. Oh. Galactic fake. And now we're going remote to IG69 with a galactic faking news update. Thank you, Stormduper. A galaxy-wide warrant has been issued for the arrest and capture of Jake Skywalker and an accomplice known only as RJ. The suspects are wanted on charges of theft, impersonating a Jedi, lazy writing, and character assassination. The two men, uh, dressed in Jedi robes, were seen entering the Jedi Grand Temple on Yavin 4. The pair assaulted Grandmaster Luke Skywalker, no relation, leaving him dazed and confused. They then proceeded to urinate and defecate on all that the Jedi Order stood for before escaping with several valuable texts. When asked to comment on the incident, Grandmaster Luke Skywalker, again no relation, assured reporters that uh, he and his wife Mara Jade are fine, that the Order is fine, and that they will continue to follow the ways of the Force and remain the beacons of hope that they have always been. However, they are worried that the two ruffians may use the text to create a fake Jedi Academy somewhere, which could ruin the Order's illustrious reputation. A similar situation happened in 1999, when a man known as George L. established a counterfeit temple, telling recruits that the Force was microscopic organisms in their blood. If you see either suspect, please contact the authorities. In no case should you approach them, as they are reported to be armed and grumpy. Back to you, Stormdooper. Well, thank you, IG, for that uh, extremely important update. Uh, be on the lookout for those shenanigans out there in the galaxy. You never know what's going to happen in the sequel, sequel uh, trilogy era. Galactic Faking News Faking Star Wars Listener Mail Alright, well, you know what that sound means? It's time for Listener Mail. Uh, we have a message from that one Gungan at Twitter who calls himself Sylvester Binks. And he actually writes... I don't have anything to ask about The Last Jedi, but did you hear the news? Awesome news. So happy for Ahmed Best. Uh, Teeb, did you hear the news about Ahmed Best recently? He's still with us? So it turns out that Disney is starting a television show to stream exclusively on Disney Plus that is going to be a Jedi-inspired game show for kids hosted by none other than Jar Jar Ahmed Best. What do you mean Jedi-inspired? 
I guess they're going to do like certain physical challenges. I'm envisioning kind of like Double Dare, you know, except double like dare, okay. maybe there'll be some stupid trivia questions about Star Wars, like how many limbs has, uh, you know, have been chopped off in this in this saga. And then like if the kid gets it wrong, then he has to, uh, you know, slide down a slide that looks like Jar Jar Binks tongue or something. That makes sense. That's creepy. The the question is, are are Disney going to get arrested for you know uh, child endangerment from this kind of thing? Because I I can't imagine it being both compelling and interesting and safe at the same time. Well, I mean they already do that with the Jedi training that they do at the parks, where they let little kids beat to death, uh, you know, actors in all the the space armor and whatnot. So maybe that's like the next progression. Uh, you know, it's almost like Running Man. How we're going to be like watching children uh you know fight to the death for our amusement so that makes sense here's another uh uh another letter from the darth plagiarist who is darth plagiarist on twitter who writes um i had put out a request for a secret word for this episode but instead he asked secret word how about you just spoil knives out the new movie from Ryan Johnson. I know you've seen it, Teeb. IG, have you seen it yet? I have not yet seen it, no. Okay, well, let me just spoil it by telling you that the immigrants did it. Oh. Yes. yes. The immigrants she's always also a maid. Yeah. yeah, she's a maid, too, so it's kind of, like, really right on the nose. It's, it, like, basically the butler did it, but a more modern take on it. It's yes, really it wasn't as progressive as I was expecting from Ryan Johnson. I'm surprised that in a cast of all white, rich people with one immigrant that he ended up choosing her as the one to be the... Uh, the um to be the uh, vector by which the murder was committed. We all know that immigrants, they're murderers, they're rapists, but some of them, I'm sure, are good people. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yes. Well, before we get too carried away, I got one more letter from Kira Ray Solo, who is at dark underscore underscore Kira. Um, and Kira asks, do you think Raylo is endgame? It totally is. Ray and Kylo. Uh, I have to disagree. I am a Finlow pan, uh, fan, so um, I'm I'm obviously hoping for that. I think 100% that we're going to see Raylo, but I don't think that it's what we deserve as fans. I think uh, we deserve Luke and Mara Jade and all of the legends. We deserved that, but instead we're going to get some contrived nonsense where Kylo Ren is redeemed in some final like deathbed confession which will mean nothing because it's as he's dying. Maybe Kylo will somehow see his death and that will inspire him to become a good person. He'll you like die in childbirth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But he's already murdered his father and yep. a good chunk of the galaxy. So there's really, uh, yeah, he's less redeemable than Vader. It's, it's, it's really tough. Also, he's chosen to be bad even though he knows it's bad. Exactly. Vader does it because he's trying to save his wife and children hmm. or child. But he, uh, Kylo is just like, oh, I wish I was more evil. Oh, I keep trying to be evil, grandfather. Grandfather, why am I not evil enough? I keep killing all these people and I'm just not evil enough. What's wrong with me, grandfather? <laughs> Hate him. I want to be thick. Yeah, so swole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gross just gross gross all right well um it's time to turn it over to darth eckham from channel star wars who's got another edition of the real news rundown take it away darth eckham 
Greetings to all of you on the 48th annual Dragonfire Air Rally. It's time for Star Wars Daily Weekend Edition, brought to you this week by Daystar Entertainment, Kana Salts and Such, and ChannelStarWars.com. Star Wars news for Star Wars fans by Star Wars fans. Bringing you the latest faster than your favorite Troig, I'm your host, Mike Mann. And I'm your host, Jason Gaylord. This past week, the unthinkable happened. A tightly guarded copy of the Rise of Skywalker script was leaked and ended up on eBay. After a few days, the perp stepped forward, and it was none other than our boy Finn, John Boyega. He explained that while moving, he kept the script in his bedroom, and a cleaner found it. Before someone could cash in, Disney swooped in and bought it back. Allegedly, there's no hard feelings between either party. However... We would like to note that Boyega's PR guy spilled the false beans about the release of the last Rise of Skywalker trailer last month, and now this. Watch out for the mouse, mate. Hey, everybody. It's me, Mickey Mouse. Also on the subject of the Rise of Skywalker, ABC aired some behind-the-scenes footage of Episode 9. One of the most notable characters seen was Warwick Davis, dressed in his original fur as the Ewok Wicket. This makes it that Mr. Davis has been in six of the 11 Star Wars films to date. We at Channel Star Wars look forward to seeing our favorite Ewok make a triumphant return. And last up, The Sanctuary. That's right, this week's episode of The Mandalorian Chapter 4 has once again surpassed all expectations. In this episode, we see the Mandalorian seek refuge with the Yodian child on a sparsely populated backwater planet after the climactic showdown with the help of his fellow Mandalorian tribesmen. Without giving too much away, the Mandalorian finds a small settlement to lay low in, but the residents need help from a gang of ravaging Klaatuinians. He also runs into and is assisted by an ex-rebel shock trooper, Ned Cara Dune played by the ever-so-lovely Gina Carno. Will the pair be able to help the residents while keeping the child safe? You'll have to tune in to Disney Plus to find out. I have spoken. That's all the time we have this week. Be sure to check us out on all your social media platforms and prepare yourself for, for the, the Toy, Toy Empire. Empire. For Channel Star Wars, I'm Mike Mann reminding you... Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering and now back to the guys over at faking star wars radio all right thanks a lot mike man uh, nice to hear again from you after uh, i think you took one episode off maybe um but yeah fear leads to anger anger leads to hate hate leads to suffering and apparently in john boyo john Le, and apparently in john boyoga and apparently in John Boyega's case, uh, suffering leads to forgetfulness because he shoved his copy of the Episode Nine script under his bed while he was moving. And it sounds like a um, a housekeeper, maybe it's Marta from Nines Out, found it and tried to sell it for a million dollars on eBay. I mean, come on, boy, Yega, what the hell are you thinking, man? Everyone knows that you don't store your valuables under your bed. That's the first place criminals look. That's where you keep your porn. Yes, that's right. Sorry, plus I, I'd like to make a correction there, Storm Duper. I believe suffering leads to faking Star Wars radio. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's canon. We've already established that. I was going to say that, but yeah. But how much whoopie oopie did Disney have to pay to get back that script, I wonder? 
My guess is that the person... I know Game of Thrones did it on iPad. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised that he had a paper script. I thought they didn't do that anymore. I mean, to me, that's just unbelievable that they actually gave out paper scripts that they could take home. I, I... I had no idea they were that incredibly stupid. Well, maybe maybe they're not paper. Maybe it was actually digital. And John Boyega, being a lover of fakingstarwars.net, wrote a complete fake script and stashed it under his bed. And he's in an extortion scheme with his friend. And they basically have taken the money that Disney paid. And now they're going to get themselves a nice little yacht. Yeah, because you know John Boyega is uh, hurting for cash after filming the trilogy of uh, Star Wars here. I don't know. It makes me wonder like how Disney has pulled off such an extravagant, beautiful trilogy with no plot holes or problems at all for fans when they're doing stupid, idiot things like that on the other side of the coin. Like It's a bizarre tension that I somehow I just can't seem to harmonize in my mind. It's almost like they don't care. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's almost like they just bought this property for $4 billion just to make money or something. It's crazy. Okay, let's talk about Wicket. Is everybody happy that Wicket is back? Or are we kind of like, is he going to be in the Senate? Is it like, what what role is Wicket possibly going to yeah, have God. in this movie? I was really spoiled by that. I have worked hard to avoid Rise of Skywalker spoilers because I tend to uh, indulge too much in them. And I didn't know mm-hmm. about that. I found out on accident. I was not obeying my own mandate to avoid social media. Um, and so I haven't had enough time to sort of meditate on what this portends. Is Wicket sort of sitting there? on the Endorian moon waiting for Ray to come back and somehow he's there with like a little piece of the puzzle and it's like hey, whoopie whoopie gunda here you go Ray um, I don't know Cha-cha. <laughs> yeah it's like um, I don't know like I, I'd say like okay six well I guess five, five and a bit movies ago I would have said oh man Ewoks but now it's like oh man Ewoks yeah they weren't that bad oh listen to you are you kidding me <laughs> They weren't that bad, man. I know they weren't, but are you kidding me? You want more tie-ins to the old movies? You know what? Like, at least, at least, like, yeah, they were the dumbest part of the original trilogy, but that is such a high standard now. Hey, guys, I actually... You know what? Do it. Do it. But I actually read um, a a legend book. I got a a legend book at my favorite comic book shop. Um, It's like a a small compendium. It has like some of the the short stories from... uh, It's a graphic novel from the New Republic. Yeah. And there's a whole side story about this uh, Imperial troop who is left behind after the war is over. And he's like talking about like how the Ewoks were savages and were like kind of like space VC. Like they were like VC bears. Like they would murder the, the stormtroopers in the middle of the night. They like, like drag them off and murder them. And so that was like all leading up to return of the Jedi. And then return of the Jedi was like the culmination of them, like using all these, you know, uh, booby traps and things like that. So it's like, they were using like the, the Ewoks were using basically psyops on the, the, the stormtroopers. Do, do they do the VC bear stare? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I feel like I'm going to hell for laughing at that. You do not know what I just said. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, to be honest, and I am from the 80s. Care bear stare. That's what I thought I you know were referencing. I know about the care bear stare. I don't know what that is. The care bears, I mean. So the VC stare? bear stare is probably like a, it's like a thousand yard stare, right? Like they just uh, like, they've seen some stuff, you know. The, the, they, they have the thousand yard stare, the little VC bears. So the VC bear stare is they have the thousand yard stare. 
I see. Because they've seen some stuff go down. Well, everyone knows that the Ewoks were basically inspired by the Care Bearers anyway. So, um, yeah, but, you know, as I was getting into the image of Warwick Davis uh, putting on the costume, I noticed something that you may not have noticed. It seems to me like the costume is actually original to Return of the Jedi. He hasn't aged at all. So that leads me to believe that maybe this is going to be some kind of flashback sequence. Uh, maybe we're going to see Kylo Ren um, running through the uh, trails on Endor trying to find the remnants of Darth Vader with the Knights of Ren. Uh, there is a scene in the trailer of him killing somebody. So I think that it's unlikely that uh, Warwick will be in the actual regular narrative of the film. It's going to be just some simple stupid little uh, um, uh, uh, flashback. It's going to be just well, some get ready to be flashback. disappointed because they're going to have a bunch of that. There's going to be an entire sequence where it's nothing but flashback dimensional things where, like, y- you can already tell from the trailers, and I think that's why we're going to get... Um, uh, uh, the Emperor. It, it, this is all going to be like notional nonsense that doesn't actually happen within the storyline. It's just going to be the the member berry stuff again, right? Like the stuff where they keep throwing back. Uh, you know, they're, they're literally going to throw in a bunch of crap. I remember the fans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I have to talk. I have. This is a very important disclaimer for everybody. I would like to say that the British have decided they're going to get revenge on all of us Yanks for spoiling the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian, yeah. So Wednesday night, next Wednesday night, they're or maybe this Wednesday, I don't know. Uh, it might be this Wednesday. They're going to be getting Rise of Skywalker like a week before us over in the States. No, they no. Are they're saying, getting it on the same day. It's just that it's six hours earlier. Oh, okay. So it's the same day. It's not like going to be a week or anything like that. Oh, so it's there's be that no way they Wednesday would do that. Then. No, not a chance. No, they're getting it on like what's Thursday. They're getting it on their Thursday, which is Wednesday night for, for people in the United States. And for people so, so like saying, IG who live in uncharted regions, he's going to have to right. do his due diligence to avoid any spoilers as well. Yes, yeah, so I'm saying it's like stay, by Wednesday, stay off of social media because I think they are going to ruin it. So the, the point is the Redcoats are coming. The Redcoats are coming. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, well, if you know anything about the Redcoats in Trope, they always die quick. So yeah, just like they did when they decided to start crap with us. So Yeah, yeah, you're... Your White House was totally not burned down. <laughs> your, your theory oh, that is that you because guys. some people on social media have posted pictures of Kathleen Kennedy's baby Yoda child that all the British uh, as a collective society are going to do their best to preemptively spoil the movie The Rise of Skywalker for yes. 300 million Americans. 100%. I love this. You heard it here first. The Mandalorian show, uh, you know, they mentioned in uh, Real News, um, the third episode, which uh, Gemma the Hutt has fondly referred to as the desperate housewives of Shrimp Village. Um, if you want to hear more about my take on that episode, uh, tune into uh, The Mandalorian, the Mando Roundup podcast, uh, where we discuss Discuss uh, chapter four of the Mandalorian. So uh, that's available on all your podcast uh, platforms of choice. And uh, with that, fellas, uh, it's been a great episode. Thanks for bearing with us. You know, this has been a time travel extravaganza, and uh, it looks like we have one more episode to go. Uh, we advertise this as an eight episode deal, but it turns out that in order to pay for Kathleen Kennedy's love child, uh, Baby Yoda, 
Herbert is going to need some more uh, residuals from another episode of the podcast, so he's going to be taking us a week into the future to watch The Rise of Skywalker before anyone else gets it. And Teeb, we're going to be able to even spoil the British with what we watch. And we're coming back and we're going to be releasing that episode all about The Rise of Skywalker three or four days before its worldwide release. So if you just can't wait and you want to know what happens, tune in to Faking Star Wars Radio uh, that week. It's going to be incredible so um with that you know that's that's about all we have time for uh this week guys uh tell the listeners where they can find us well you can follow faking star wars on twitter and instagram at at faking star wars and on facebook at real faking star wars if you want to submit a question for us on twitter use the hashtag fsw radio and we may read it uh next week you can get official FSW t-shirts and other great gear at bit.ly slash FSW merch. If you like, uh, you can follow other guys on Twitter. Um, for example, Stormtrooper. Stormtrooper, what's your Twitter uh, Twitterness? My Twitter account is at Baby Yoda, love child forever. My ovaries are quivering, dot, 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 exclamation point. No, uh, my Twitter is at Stormdooper. And you can always follow me at at Teeb Rontor. That's T-E-E-B-R-O-N-T-R. And follow Faking Star Wars Radio at at FSW Radio on Twitter and Instagram. That's right. And of course, you can follow me uh, at random street corners throughout the nation. Selling your own personal baked goods to people on the street, right? A droid's gotta eat. Do you, though? Does a droid really have to eat? They at least need oil. Maybe a droid wants to eat. That's why they don't serve droids. That's why they don't serve their... That's why we don't serve their kind here, because they take up space and they don't eat. They don't consume enough per hour, you know, to merit paying the electrical bills in the cantina for them, yeah. Well, it's because they don't serve what we like. You freeloader, IG. Here you are, like you're recording a podcast, and you know you can't even change. Uh, you can't even chime in with a few T-shirt sales or anything, man. Have you joined our Patreon, IG? I don't think so. So don't be like IG69. Join our Patreon at patreoncom Wars. Sign up, and you get episodes early, uh, at least two days early, and uh, then you can spoil it for everybody out there in the Twitterverse. Um, you not only support us fakers financially to keep making the content that you know and love, but you'll get a fantastic reward. Join for as little as a buck a month, just like Keith Harmon or our long-standing member Darth Texas, who both joined at the fake Jedi Knight tier. Have you written us a review yet? If not, why not? I mean, seriously. But please consider giving us a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast platform of choice. And if you write us a funny review, we may actually read it on an episode. That's and right. don't forget to check us out on Stitcher. Um, also, like, you know, we keep saying we'll read out your funny review, but so far, no funny reviews. Like, every, seriously, guys, get on this. Every review has been just cold, hard facts about, like, you know, one person talked, then another person talked. And, you know, just inject a little bit more optimism into it, guys. Uh, As always, please stay tuned to FakingStarWars.net for quality Star Wars comedy, parody, and satire. Thanks to all of you, especially in Great Britain and Lithuania, for listening. May the foe be with you. 